hear firsthand from members, suppliers, and industry partners nationwide. A casual learning environment for you, anywhere. IndieCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative. Welcome to IndieCast, where we talk about the topics and trends that are important to independent pay TV and broadband providers. I'm Brian Dowell, NCTC's Digital Content Manager, and today we're going to talk about Mobi TV, an app-based streaming video service available to member operators through NCTC. I'm joined by John Radloff, our Vice President of Video Solutions, and Steve Beardsley, our Senior Director of Video and Technology. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Brian. Hey, Brian. All right, let's dive in. First of all, um, John, what is Mobi TV exactly? I said it was an app-based streaming service in my intro. What does that mean? Uh, yeah, that means that it's a, it's a non-traditional way of delivering video for, for our members. Uh, rather than using software that's usually embedded in a uh, set-top box, uh, commonly referred to as middleware, uh, it's basically an application um, that uh, customers can download on streaming devices of their choice uh, that allows them to access the traditional video services and lineup from the cable operator, as well as having you know network DVR capabilities, uh, on-demand library, uh, voice remote control searches, that that's that sort of thing. And I'll just jump in and also say what Mobi TV is not, because sometimes it gets confusing for some of our members. Mobi TV is not an OTT service. So when you're deploying Mobi TV, at least the way our members are deploying it, you're leveraging your your traditional cable television distribution rights. It's not leveraging OTT rights. I got it. So essentially, Mobi TV is a. Uh... You could think of it as a replacement for a traditional cable distribution system. Yeah, it's okay. basically an advanced video solution. If you want to look at it that way, you know, video 2.0, um, for, for lack of a better term, uh, that basically just, you know, removes the the need to have uh, expensive set-top boxes as, as a part of your solution. So as an example, you know, normally when you have uh, a DVR product for a customer, you've got to buy a $250, $300 set-top box that's got a spinning disc in it. And that's, uh, you know, pretty expensive when you're, when you're looking at uh, putting, you know, two, three set-top boxes in a customer's home. Um, that, that's a part of, you know, doing business that uh, can, be, can be carved out, if you will, uh, for, for an operator that goes to an app-based solution because uh, you don't have to have those expensive set-top boxes as a part of the ecosystem. That's a good definition you provided of, of what is an app-based streaming platform and why a cable operator would care. But so we have a partnership with Mobi TV, and we're in our third year, I believe, this partnership. So I want to kind of go back to that for a second. Why did NCTC select Mobi as our first streaming video partner, John? Sure, uh, that's a great question. Uh, we get asked that quite a bit um, from the membership. So uh, when I first joined the NCTC back in, in 2017, my first uh, project that I worked on was our uh, advanced video solutions um, assessment. And so we, we knew that members were faced with uh, you know, increasing cost on the video side of things and the margins were getting thinner and thinner. And so we wanted to take a look at what the options are were within the video ecosystem to, you know, potentially provide more advanced uh, user experiences and features and functions that would make them more competitive, uh, but also to look at new technologies that um, could potentially put them into a lower cost ecosystem. And so we know IP has um, disrupted many different industries from 
from, you know, a music industry where people used to buy, you know, physical discs and tapes and that sort of thing. And now we just download, you know, IP files. So it disrupted a lot of different industries that it was in and um, for the most part reduced a lot of costs associated with it. So no different in the in the video space. So um, an app based um, IP uh, video system can um, put you into a much cheaper ecosystem, as, as we talked about earlier with the set-top boxes, not having to be the proprietary versions, that sort of thing that are very expensive. This puts you in an, in an equation that is, is, is a lot less expensive. So um, to summarize real, real, real quickly, we did an RFI and we had like 20 or 25 uh, solutions um, put put forth a proposal, and so as we went through and and kind of uh, assessed them, we you know got it down to a list of four or five that we thought were pretty viable. And then as we kept digging in, uh, this one company that quite honestly I'd never heard of, uh, Moby TV, kept kept just kind of uh, floating to the top, right, with their solution, with their scalability, uh, with their options for members. Um, so they they had a really robust user experience and um, cost structure. wasn't hugely capital intensive. Um, two different models. Uh, you could put hardware in your in your head in to do an in network instance if if uh, members wanted. But there was also the flexibility of using a shared centralized head end, if you will, um, that that really uh, improved the economics for members. And so they were the only solution in that response that we got that had so many boxes that were checked. Interesting. And so the scalability, I think, has got to be critically important when you consider the, the variation in size among our member subscriber, our member operators subscriber counts, right? So you guys were looking yep. for a solution that could scale to any size. Exactly, because it's all about, you know, how much, you know, the, the old model for, for cable operators was, you know, I invest this huge amount of capital and over the course of five years, I kind of pay it back with my profits from the video side of the business. Well, as the margins on the video side of the business have gotten smaller, their ability to absorb that capital hit um, and, and pay back over five years gets harder and harder to do. So a lot of folks are, you know, saying, I can't really compete with kind of a traditional, um, really expensive video ecosystem. So this this allows the economics to be a much, much, much lower upfront kind of capital expenditure yeah. um, and, and basically allows you to, you know, completely upgrade your your video experience and, and be super competitive with, uh, with the, you know, um, streaming services that are out there that customers are, are adopting. Sure, sure. How many members in our co-op are currently using Mobi? It's over 110. I've, I've forgotten the the exact number, um, but they Funny. they've been pretty successful in in uh, in in addressing you know the the needs of the, of the consumer out there to the to the membership and and been very proactive out there. Uh, so we have, like I say, north of 110 members that are that are signed up. And to okay. your earlier point, the, the the size of those members, the range in subscribers is quite diverse, right? Um, and one of the great things about, as John was saying, that the cloud offering that Moby has, you know, if you're a smaller operator looking to upgrade your head end from a legacy QAM architecture to IPTV, it's going to cost you the same as a large operator that has a substantially higher number of subs to, to monetize it. Um, so moving into this cloud kind of shared TV as a service ecosystem really allows, particularly some of the smaller guys, to get there a lot more quickly and cost effectively than they would have otherwise. Now, I want to talk a little more. I want to learn a little more about the two configuration options that you both have already touched on a couple times. 
there's a managed option and a hosted option. Is that, am I saying that right? Is that the two sort of? Not quite. So managed quite, okay. and hosted are, are kind of the same. The other one is the, the same. Okay. in-network model. So in-network, in-network just means you you buy the the gear and you put it in your in your premise, an on-premise right. solution. And so that's kind of the more traditional model. And and some members have chosen to go down that path. And that's, I guess that's the beauty of uh, of the Mobi solution is if you're, if you really want to do that because you want to control the environment and you've got the, you know, the data center and you've got the resources and the expertise to run that locally. If you're not, and you're really looking for that uh, lower cost option where you don't have to have the on-site expertise to, you know, do configuration of all the encoders and the storage array that's needed for, you know, network DVR and the VOD, demand, VOD uh, video on demand library. Uh, you can outsource that essentially to, to Mobi through the managed service. Gotcha. And then I have to imagine there's a significant difference in the cost structure between those two options. Well, yeah, most of it is in the upfront with the capital expenditure with uh, with the Mobi centralized managed model. The equipment's already there, right? So you're just leveraging right. the existing instance. Uh, as where in the in the in network model, you would need to you know f- you know look at their bill of materials and and source all the equipment that works within their ecosystem and spend the money to to be able to put that on on site. Um, but within those two models, the Recurring monthly fees do differ because um, you're leveraging a centralized infrastructure. So the the monthly fee on the managed side is is a little higher than than the monthly fee on on the um, in network model. That makes sense. Are most of our participating members then choosing the in network model? No, actually, it's the opposite. So the vast majority of our our members and operators are going with the managed solution. And there are a handful, I don't know, five, six, or seven, something like that, under 10 that are doing the in-network uh, model today. So sure. Are they the larger ones probably that are doing the? Generally, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I think that also speaks to the scalability because I guess theoretically a member could start on the sort of managed, you know, cloud model. And then uh, if they hopefully grew to a point where they could cost in the, the self self exactly. Yep, that's, yep. that's something that is supported within the agreement that we, um, uh, you know, negotiated with the Mobi guys is if somebody wanted to start with the managed service where the cost is really low, um, then at some point in time, if they grow their subscribers to a certain amount that they could then justify, um, you know, the uh, in-network uh, installation, you they can definitely transition. Gotcha. So if a member was interested in Mobi TV as, a, as an option for their video platform, and they weren't sure which way to go among those two choices. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming that one of you two would would be able to help them sort of do the math on that. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, we built a model early on that that allows um, members to plug in some assumptions as to you know the number oh, okay. of channels that they uh, will be doing and you know a, a whole bunch of different aspects of a of the model and and basically mm-hmm. kind of kind of gives you both and so it give, would give you the in network cost to support the service that you um, you know plug in with some assumptions uh, gives you kind of a bottom line kind of a what three or four year cost of ownership uh, same thing with the with the managed service so we we give people right. that that tool if they're interested in it right away that's pretty we'd cool. always be happy to walk them through it and help them with some of the assumptions there's quite a bit yeah. of moving parts there and sometimes they have questions about you know what are other operators doing here and and what, what should we expect and we'd be happy to talk to any members that have questions so what if operators that have been using Mobi TV for a while have to say what do, what do they like about the platform and, and what would other operators that are considering it 
like about the platform? It's a, and another great question. And, and in fact, Moby just had a, a webinar um, that is um, uh, available, I think, on, on our website, uh, where three members who have had uh, Moby deployed for uh, a good period of time shared their experiences to date. And um, some of the members, um, you know, talk about um, their uh, retention um, numbers have, have gone up on their video side. Um, some some members have talked about actually getting new video subscribers, folks who had, you know, oh. cut the cord on their video side of the business. Uh, we're still broadband uh, customers, but that have come back to the pay TV model because the the product now lives and, and um, serves them on the platforms they like. Right. They can use an Amazon Fire Stick or, you know, their Apple TV to be able to watch TV. They don't have to jump back and forth on inputs on their TV or what I call customer gymnastics uh, to be able to access their Netflix stuff as well as their pay TV options from their cable operator. So um, having a more competitive product is bringing customers back who've cut the cord. Um, and in some cases, they've seen brand new customers come to come to them on the broadband and video side uh, in competitive markets. Um, because of the, you know, cloud cloud-based service, you know, network DVR, on-demand library, you know, the ease of use, that sort of thing. Um, in in other instances, we've seen where uh, the the Moby TV product has has enabled one member to finally be able to respond to an RFI for a university that's within their service area. Uh, they could never compete with other uh, opportunities to serve the student body um, because there was such a large uh, expense to put equipment in that facility. And it always you know, precluded them from, from being really heavily considered. Um, Moby has allowed them to not only um, submit the RFI, but they want it. Um, based on the user experience, um, based on the cost, being able to easily provision the students to watch TV on whatever device they want. They found that only 30% of their student body even had TVs in their dorm rooms. So being able to to download the app on their iPad or their iPhone or or whatever enabled the students to kind of watch what they wanted, when they wanted, and kind of where they wanted. That kind of sounds like that's sort of the value of Moby right there and what you just said. I mean, if you can go into a university campus you know, to a, a demographic that isn't probably ever going to get cable TV linearly, right, when they graduate. And, and, and if you can get them as your customer, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, that's, Yeah. And, and then there's also the aspect of um, being able to do self-installs, right? So especially yeah. in this time of COVID, um, you know, you want to limit your, your exposure to your technicians, to people's homes, and people really want to keep you out of their homes. Uh, and so being able to just download an app on a device you already have is something people are pretty comfortable with. And even if you're not, it's not that hard. Somebody can walk them through on the phone pretty quickly and easily to to download that experience. So you don't have to have, you know, a technician in your home for over an hour putting all these set-top boxes in, in any of these TVs. If you've already got an app, you know, an Amazon, um, you know, Fire Stick, download the app. It's like, is it that easy? It's like, yeah, it's that easy. Now, you, you we talked about devices and we've mentioned, you mentioned a few times, and I think Steve even mentioned it at one point, one of the benefits of Moby is to bring your own device option. The customer uses whatever they already have. But I also know that you guys, you you both have been busy doing deals for um, devices. So we've got our Fire TV discount program through Amazon. Steve's been talking to uh, various Android set-top box providers. We've got a new deal with Kon. So it sounds like there's not the BYOD is not the only option. An operator can pair Moby with a managed device strategy too. Is that is that a fair statement? That's right. Yes, that's true. So it, it's it's not totally um, bring your own device. Um, 
the the Android um, set-top box ecosystem is also available. And so, of course, that's, you know, based on the Android operating system of tablets and phones and, and that sort of thing. Uh, they've fully embraced uh, this app-based pay TV uh, experience as well. And so some, some of our traditional set-top box providers uh, are getting into this space. They're seeing the, you know, the the, the change of, of the tides, if you will, and uh, are people are moving away from the, you know, legacy kind of ecosystem. And so they're they're putting these uh, managed set-top boxes out there. And Steve was, um, you know, working real hard for, you know, the, the better part of the fourth quarter of last year, working on a deal with Kon for a managed set-top box. And um, people will say, well, why would somebody want that? And that's for, for customers who, are more traditional cable customers that may not may have a little fear factor with the streaming devices, you know, an older demographic, uh, sure. people who are tied to a more cable centric remote with uh, number buttons so they can type in zero four five and and get right to the weather channel, right? Or they they still navigate by channel up, channel down across their favorite channels and and they use TV in a different way. Um, they they may not be you know purpose built for a streaming device, but a regular right. set up box that's a little more comfortable for them gives them the opportunity to to still enjoy this brand new user experience, but with a you know a device that remote control that makes them feel comfortable. And the fact that they even own a TV makes a strong case for having a set top box, right? Because you mentioned <laughs> college students case. only thirty yeah. percent even have a TV, so you know yeah. that's what we're up against. And then Steve's probably talk about some of the some of the telemetry and some of the the analytics that are available on the, on the um, Android set-top boxes that that helps, you know, operators a little bit as well. Tell us. Sure, yeah. So, you know, uh, these managed set-top boxes, first and foremost, they're much less expensive than the set-top boxes that we've traditionally deployed to our to our customers, right? These are in the in the range of 80 to 90 dollars for the set-top box. Um, and they're and they all have DVR functionality. There's not a DVR box because this is a cloud DVR platform. Um, it, from a managed perspective, almost all of the Android uh, set-top box providers offer a managed service that provides our operators insights into what's going on into the home. So is the box connected properly? Is it getting a good wireless signal? Um, is the CPU you know too hot? Uh, what what's going on with the box? Um, and even throughout the home. So it really gives you more insights into the broadband network within the home as well, which is a great kind of added bonus. Um, and, and so it's these, touchless. You don't have to go into the home to, to diagnose. You don't have to go in the home. The, the customer plugs it in and connects it to Wi-Fi or Ethernet and downloads the app and goes. So it's a uh, it's pretty slick and, and much more economical way for our members to deploy CPE. You, you obviously don't have to deploy CP to any customer because they can bring your own device, but this gives you the option to do so. Um, but you can you can obviously see that you're carrying costs for uh, for CP and devices and the logistics around that is going to be much uh, much lighter touch with an app-based streaming platform than it would be with your traditional truck rolls and putting three and a half DB or, uh, set-top boxes in a home, et cetera. Are there, um, what's the customer experience like? Let's talk about that for a second. You mentioned, John, early on, they, uh, they have a beautiful user interface, Moby TV does. I've seen it, it's, it's one of the best I've ever seen, but what do customers love about it? What are we hearing from operators in terms of customer satisfaction? I think they like the comfort of knowing that they can, you know, just use it like a traditional guide. It's got the grid guide that's, you know, easy to use, that sort of thing. But it's got some interesting capabilities where you can, you know, kind of preview what's on a channel before you actually tune to it because it's IP right. and it's got, you know, kind of multiple tuners and, and that sort of thing. So there's some you know, nice things like that. Um, voice 
voice remote capabilities on these platforms that support voice. You can use, you know, your your Alexa remote and, and be able to tell it to set a recording or tune to a channel, you know, search for a show, that that sort of thing. If you're looking for the crown, even though it's on Netflix, it can um, you know, go outside of the user experience um, uh, of the operator and, and provide results. So it really kind of flattens the user experience for customers. It, it's poster art driven um, so that um, it's uh, it's it feels modern. Um, there are some really cool features that leverage some of the programming rights that Judy's team has has worked hard on over the years. So things like start over and look back. Um, are huge with uh, with customers that have never had this on on their legacy devices before. For instance, one of my use cases that that's happened to me recently is you know you're 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 flipping through the guide and you see that Guardians of the Galaxy is on right. It's one of my favorite movies, and you tune to it and it's like that's halfway over. I missed the beginning. I really like that opening scene right. Well, with this you get a little uh, prompt that says, do you want to start this show from the beginning? So you click on the button and guess what? It goes back to the beginning of that that particular movie and I get to watch Guardians of the Galaxy from the beginning. And then on the look back, that allows you to um, go back three days in the past on networks that have the rights and and uh, establish that. So, you know, Monday morning when you're talking to your friends, like, did you see that, uh, you know, 60 minutes last night on X, Y, or Z topic? And you're like, no, I missed it. It's like, well, they don't really repeat those, right? Um, so this is kind of like a time machine. You can go back in time in the, in the guide and basically find um, 60 minutes from last night and start watching it, right? So it's uh, it flattens it out, makes it a whole lot easier for people to find the content they want to watch. It's kind of cool that we're getting actually more value out of our programming license fees than we ever could possibly on a traditional set-top box. Exactly. And with Moby being, you know, an app-based solution, um, it's it's much more like the app world, you know, within our smartphones, right? Those apps get updated on an ongoing basis and they can update their user interface. They can add new features and functions pretty quickly. It doesn't take, you know, you know, six months or a year like many of the traditional guide experiences sure. are to come up with a new release that has to get downloaded into every set-top box. And, you know, it's a very heavy kind of lift. This is a much more agile approach and they do you know releases you know every six or or eight weeks i forget the actual periodicity but they're updating their user experience based on user feedback on an ongoing basis and in fact they have a portal uh, for customers where they can actually go in and suggest features and functions um, and then you can actually vote so if you know uh, you, Brian, you know, said, "Hey, we want this particular feature," and other members are looking and perusing the, you know, request list. They can vote on it, and they can say, "Yeah, I really like that too," but I also wanted to do this in addition to what Brian said. And so, it's a community of folks that can provide ongoing feedback and help prioritize the features and functions that they build. That's a pretty cool business model, and just to have that sort of crowdsourced aspect to your your roadmap, I think, is very new and very unique in our industry. Well, on that point then, John, what can you tell us about the the pipeline? Do we know of any new features that are in the works that we can expect to see added to the platform? One of the things they've been working on um, in in conjunction with one of our projects, which is, you know, advertising support. So, um, you know, we're working on something and maybe this is a a future uh, podcast for you, Brian. Um, One more one more thing for you to work on. Definitely. Um, Yes. But, you know, advanced advertising capabilities and, and uh, many of our members have not been able to um, participate in, in ad sales or, or ad revenue in the past because they they didn't have the you know large enough footprint or they weren't located in the right uh, geographic regions or whatever the case sure. may be. Um, working in conjunction with us on what we're calling the ad key program with Moby will mm-hmm. you know, enable a lot of members who you know don't currently have advertising revenue coming in 
to to be able to participate. So that's one of the key areas that we're you know asking them to focus on. Another area where they're focusing on, um, they, they already have some hospitality solutions. John talked about the university uh, opportunity that was won by one of our members. They're also expanding into other uh, lanes of commercial services. And so that you can sell it to taverns and bars and uh, dental offices and things like that. And there's certain unique requirements to sell into those types of spaces that sure. is working to support. And so that's on their roadmap in the near future as well. Well, good to know. It, it sounds like a really close partnership in that they're supporting stuff that we're working on at NCTC. I mean, we don't get, I don't think that level of engagement from all of our supplier partners or video partners. So it's kind of neat that you guys did the deal with Moby because, you know, we all know AdKey is going to be a game changer and we do want to have a whole podcast to discuss AdKey and what it's going to mean for our members. So uh, definitely on the roadmap for, for more, more conversation on AdKey. What about content rights? You mentioned before that you know, with the advanced features that Moby TV's interface brings customers that we actually get more value from our programming agreements. But do members have to sign new programming license agreements? Does Moby work with the existing uh, contracts they're already participating in? How does that all fit together? Yeah, that's the beauty of this. They don't. Um, this is just a, another technology to, to be able to deliver the, the same video signals that they already have signed up with. So that there's really nothing more that they need to do. There may okay. be a little bit of paperwork on the programming side and, and they can consult their, their programming rep to you know, figure out how they need to notify folks of a, of a technology change like that. Um, but the great thing is they don't have to do anything different, right? So they basically can, you know, get the movie system up and running, and then they can figure out their process of how quickly they want to move customers from their legacy ecosystem over to the new ecosystem. And, and some folks are doing, you know, kind of a cap and grow where they just aren't installing the legacy video system anymore and any new customer or customers that move across town, you know, they get the new system. Um, and then right. they, you know, do fairs and demos of different things to try to get people to, to transition. Others have been much more proactive where they're saying, you know, come the end of the year, we're going to decommission this. And so they, they do email campaigns or direct mail campaigns to let people know, hey, please, you know, next time you come in to pay your bill, bring in your, your old set-top boxes. We'll, you know, transition you to this new new feature function uh, guide. It's it's the latest, greatest thing. So they're, they're incenting people to opt into the new product so that they can start to decommission, you know, their, their legacy head ends. And, and that could eventually save folks quite a bit of quite a bit of money as you transition you don't have to have all that satellite reception equipment you don't need the you know irds in your head end you don't need all of the processing equipment for your qualm plants if you're still running qualm you can you know consolidate your entire plant into kind of an ip delivery system gosh you know that last thing you said kind of makes me think we skipped over one of the killer features of moby which is it's it's not just ip to the customer it's ip end to end and that Incre brings incredible simplicity to your, your entire distribution model. So, And in some cases, we have some folks who are, you know, greenfield you know, video providers. They've never, they've I only been broadband providers in the past. And the expense of, of turning up an earth station to be able to get the oh, yeah. satellite gear done, and they, they just said, we're not going to do it. It's kind of cool that we have even have greenfield companies getting into video new for the first time. But then the fact that we have a great option for them to do that is just incredible. So... Obviously, for a cable operator or a pay TV provider, I should say, to uh, use Moby as their video platform, uh, it's not just cable networks they have to worry about. It's their local and government channels as well. How does that all take place? How does how does the local cable operator get their local stations and their, their peg channels into their Moby TV lineup? 
Yeah, great question. So um, as a part of the managed service with Moby, um, there needs to be a point-to-point private dedicated line uh, to their data center. And that allows us to continue to use our programming distribution rights. Um, Moby is is one of the, the few, if, if not only, companies that have um, transport rights for the vast majority of the, the cable networks that um, operators use. So they've been sure. able to go out and, and negotiate with all these guys to take their signals and then to deliver them to cable operators uh, around the country via IP over these private data lines. Um, and so that's this, using that same private data line. It's, it's both um, inbound to the operator for all the signals uh, coming nationally, um, but it's also um, an uplink, if you will, from from the local cable operator, so they can send the the local broadcast channels and anything that's unique to them back to Moby, uh, where they encode them, package them, uh, run them through the whole network DVR kind of capability, and send it back to you. So there is that kind of round trip that needs to happen with those right. local with those local signals. Um, and so it, it raises the point where, you know, now that we have a broadband team within the NCTC, uh, we're working with members to uh, uh, work on some of that connectivity um, to be able to to work with, you know, the Zayos and Cogents and, and even Windstreams of the world to be able to provide that point-to-point um, private data lines. So anybody who's considering the, the, the Moby managed option should really reach out to Jared Bauman and, and Zach Cottrell uh, on our um, broadband team, even Ed Townsend, uh, and be able to talk about the uh, data connection opportunities and that's another area where we work really closely with the Moby team so when somebody's part of the uh, onboarding and, and sales process we we kick off a, a call with those guys to talk about their data connection needs and where are the right places to connect whether that's to the Atlanta data center for Moby or their Sacramento data center or accessing some pop in between um, using right. the broadband team okay so that kind of raises a, a, an important point I think is that you know, NCTC is there every step of the way. So we've got the deal with Moby for the platform. We've got the device deals and we've got the transport deals through Jared Bauman's organization for the point-to-point data links. So there's literally no part of this that we're not kind of helping that member and supporting them as, as they roll out a Moby launch. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's true. And even, you know, programming, if you count that, we're on all four, sure. four sides of it, right? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Guys, thank you so much for talking to me today about Moby TV. If you're listening and you want to know more about Moby TV, or if you're ready to get started, visit NCTC online. You'll find Moby TV in our supplier directory, including John's contact information. John, Steve, thank you very much. Have a good day. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for listening. Find our podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, or by visiting nctconline.org. IndyCast by the National Cable Television Cooperative.